0: On this special episode of the M Word, we're talking about Super Bowl ads the good, the bad, and the boring. Today's distinguished panel of marketing experts is comprised of Maritza Luzama from Captiva Branding, Andy Janaitis from PPC Pitbulls, and Jen Bagos from Arlington Strategy welcome to the m-word this is a special episode where we uh this esteemed panel are going to uh talk about the good the bad and the boring from super bowl 2024 um i am your host jennifer mulchandani uh, i am the founder and ceo at arlington strategy uh i am a proud um boyfriend of taylor swift um football fan uh but don't really follow football so let me introduce this great panel that we have here today uh, and as i go around i'm going to ask our panelists to just quickly shorthand your favorite ad and then we're going to come back and dissect it all um in a couple minutes so let me start with maritza lizama she is the co-founder and cmo from captiva branding maritza
1: what was hello. your favorite ad? hello And my little flamingo is here to say hello as well. Um, I am so excited to be part of this conversation. My favorite ad was, believe it or not, the NFL character playbook where the little boy was running through and he had a dream of becoming a pro football player. It was quite touching. It wasn't forced and it pulled at my heartstrings. It was a really moving ad. That is fantastic. Next up.
0: Andy Genitus the founder and lead strategist at PPC pitbulls welcome Andy what was your favorite ad
2: thanks for having me um I gotta say I th- maybe this is a little biased growing up in New England but Dung Kings definitely got me so watching uh, uh Ben Affleck and especially Tom Brady was uh, uh brought a lot of nostalgia
0: that's awesome uh and then uh last jen bakos senior strategist
3: here on team strategy uh, what was your favorite ad i'm going to echo andy and say that i loved the duncan denis ad um it just it pulled so many funny things together i like, love the actors in it and i love um some of the references that were made and it was just it was just fun and it caught my attention that
0: is great. And I will say for me, and I'm going to make myself only say one, cause we're all going to come back and talk about the other ones. We wish we could add to the list. Um, I'm going to go with the Lionel Messi Michelob ultra ad. Mm. And maybe that's because I'm more of a European football fan than I am an American football fan. Uh, but I also love the nod to Ted Lasso, which, you know, is like, I think one of the greatest shows ever made. So uh, that was fantastic. So let's go back, uh, and just talk a little bit more. And I want to hear more from you, Maritza, on the ad that you selected, because I don't, there wasn't a ton of emotional ads.
1: It seemed like, what, what do you think? Yeah, the, I think this year's ads, they went back to almost like tried and true humor, um, not as many nostalgia and also not as many, um, as in previous years, the past two or three years, where we've had a lot of like statement, like either political statements or social responsibility statements or diversity, equity, and inclusion statements kind of coming through in the messaging. So I think that this was a little bit more on the lighthearted aspects of the of of Super Bowl ads. So that one in particular stood out to me because it didn't follow the like highly humorous, it's like, are you gonna get the punchline or the joke? It was a story and I am a big fan of stories. I think humans in general are big fans of stories and I think we could all relate to that you have a dream and are go- are people around you going to encourage that dream or not? And I just literally like I was sitting there watching it and I got teary-eyed because I see my boys mm. and I know they have dreams. And how do we encourage those dreams? And how do we put them in environments that are positive so that they can fulfill those dreams? So that's why it touched me so much. Yeah.
0: What for the, for the rest of you, the rest of us, like what was your take in terms of like the, the thematically was, were where the other emotion came through or was it, was it very limited from your perspectives?
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, I was mentioning before we came on camera, I think like the the overwhelming amount of celebrity endorsement. I think a lot of times it was kind of plugged in out of context of the rest of the story. Um, so I found that a lot that it was, you know, to that point of kind of getting away from the emotional tugging at the heartstrings. It did seem like there was a lot of just like, hey, look at this flashy ad we put together and look who we got in there even if any other celebrity could have been uh, uh, subbed in for them in that particular Mm -hmm. role. So um, I think the times that that worked well, or I appreciated it more was when the celebrity was either pulled in and used for instance, like Beyonce's, you know, doing and dropping new music, where there was something kind of exterior to the ad going on as well. Um, I think Bud Light did a great job with that as well with the genie. And then they immediately came back and in the crowd shot, the genie and Post Malone were sitting there Um, in the box i thought that was really cool um so those types of things that had a little bit more context and felt like it was planned and there was it was good that there was the the celebrity there um but yeah to that point there wasn't a ton of you know emotion or or really strong statement pieces i didn't think
3: that i think that's why i did love the the condones one so much because there was context for the for Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And it's always funny um, because of that. And I agree with you when they just show faces that are known but really have no relevance. I it always it's like a bit of a head scratcher to me. But I will say so the couple that stood out to me, I agree with everybody that there wasn't as it was seemed more set on humor um, and less on the touching, which I always love. I mean, the funny ones are great, but I also always love the really touching ones. But the couple that stood out to me, um, the dub ads are always great they always get me crying. They had the one about the girls um like sports confidence. Um and mm-hmm. so that one that was up there like sort of toward the beginning, I think, and I lo- I just like love that whole series of ads. Um and I think it sort of like stops you in your tracks cuz it's it's very um it is emotional. Um and then the other one that stood out to me, which I don't know if you'd call this emotional, but it was sort of like a like oh, um were the <laughs> the Tesla ads? Um, or the anti-Tesla ads, I should say, um, that were kind of like a left turn from the whole, the rest of the vibe, I'd say. Um, so Those yeah. Those really I mean,
0: did stand out. <laughs> yeah. They definitely like, did. <laughs>
3: I don't know if that was like a read. I don't know that's I don't know if that's the mood for that kind of message, but I mean, it got a lot of attention, I would think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember they they had one last year. Oh, they um, did they? Okay. They, they Yes, they had one okay. one this year they had two different ads, anti- Tesla and last year it was one. It was the same financier again uh, about it. Um, but certainly, you know, because it does stand out. It doesn't get lost in all the entertaining ads and, and things like that. But I thought like overall, some years seem like way more political or way more social consciousness mm-hmm. raising. And like, that was totally not there this year. Mm-hmm. Like it was really about how many A-list celebrities can you stick into an ad? And, and I'm not super like pop culture aware, like, but then I kept thinking like, wow, these are all like celebrities of my generation. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm over 50. Like, like, how many, and I don't have the stats for, like, who watches the Super Bowl, but I thought it was really interesting, the amount of pop culture that was related to me. Inserted, I like, yeah. am, I the, am I the target <laughs> audience for for this? But perhaps.
3: I think that's what the buying power is, right? So, right. I mean, that Arnold and Danny DeVito one, the t- with the, that twins reference is so old. <laughs> I think I saw that movie when I was a kid. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it did make me think Back. through, like, the structure of the game, too. If there's more, you know, younger people typically more at a party or not necessarily paying attention to ads, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking, of, uh, Marita, you mentioned your your kids and we have um, some, some young kids ourselves. So we're leaving at halftime and coming home. So in some ways, we like miss the right after half uh, ads but then are actually very tuned into the later uh, half of the ad so thinking through like kind of the different behavioral timelines through the game and when different ads show up um was kind of interesting from that perspective
0: yeah so i know we were talking a little bit about the investment side of this um but you know in the green room of um doing a zoom recording and maritza you were you were talking about that it's it's the 7 million dollar Dollar amount is actually like the floor um, for these guys. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what did you, what do you
1: would you learn about the dollars? It's it's a big chunk of money, even for a big big brand for a thirty second ad during their prime time. It's actually double that, so that's fourteen million. And then the production of that ad can be on average eight million. At a celebrity with a big name like a Lo or an Arnold how much is that going to be so they're dropping a good 30 40 million dollars on these ads is it worth it and i think andy also was saying that's like hmm, would we recommend this to our clients so
0: 123.4 million viewers of the super bowl now some people go to the bathroom and you know refill their plate during the commercials and others do that when the game is on and watch the commercials so but let so even if you call it 100 million viewers for a thirty, you know, thirty million dollar investment. I mean, how does that work in PPC world, Andy? Oh, in terms that's of cost, cost per view or cost per
2: uh, yeah, it's, per it's eyeball. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably not super competitive. Um, and then on top of that, you have the the challenge of not really being able to measure the outcomes super easily. Especially this year, I noticed there was not as heavy reliance on specific URLs in ads. There's a few QR codes here and there, but I think there's a lot of just assuming that the brand name is big enough that people are just going to be searching for it or, you know, maybe even buying it not online. So yeah, you kind of have those those issues of one, it's super expensive, you know, on like a, a cost per view um, basis. But then on top of that, you know, you're hoping that you get some some good brand equity coming out of it. But you know, you can't really necessarily measure that these specific purchases came from um, Super Bowl. I saw a, a few different articles attempting to do some level of that, just through like high-level traffic analyses of you know when the ad ran, how many people were searching that particular uh, uh, company. But yeah, it does seem like it's a a, a tough uh, tough call to make or a little bit of a risk to make. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting analysis in uh, in those boardrooms.
3: I always think about um, like getting in somebody's consideration set, and that's so hard to measure. But I think it's it's such an important like first step particularly when you're, like, you know, you're an unknown product. Um, and one of the things, one of the commercials that I thought about, sort of, like, how do you measure, but, like, are they sort of, like, getting into people's consciousness was um, Poppy, that soda. Um, yeah. I think it was an ad, and it was, like, in the second half, and I've mm-hmm. seen, like, i sort of heard or seen a little bit about Poppy, but it was a straight-up, like, this is what we are. This is, like, it really just, like, explained who they are, what they do, like, what they're about, um like you know why you should drink it assigned a bit of like value to it and I'd be curious like somebody like them that I think the brand recognition is probably somewhat low and trying to break into Mm -hmm. like a very very competitive space now it's sort of in my brain and I'm like I might try that like it kind of convinced me it was like Mm. the new soda so I'd I'd be curious for something like that where it's maybe just trying to change behaviors a little bit how much So
1: interesting Jennifer that you say that because yeah the consideration stage you don't reap the rewards until, until later. later.
3: Right. Yeah. But
1: next time you're in the grocery store or when you're on Thrive Market or when you're, you know, you're doing your normal shopping, it's like, oh, what was the name of that thing? Right. The yeah. fact that you would even consider it and have an awareness that it exists, maybe it is a gamble and maybe it is something that pays off. So that's, yeah. that that's a really interesting observation on maybe these are just more awareness- or, or um, you know, consideration campaigns for the newer brands, but then for the for the stalwarts, for the ones that we've, you know, the Budweiser's of the world, that those are more, we're making a statement because we're here, because we're big mm-hmm. and we can afford, you know, <laughs> like that. Um, so maybe there are different reasons why in the boardroom they would say yes to these expenses.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a soda drinker and this is my husband and... our best habit um the 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 whole pitch was sort of like this is like this is the way your kids are going to think about soda like when they get older it's going to be a totally different game and it intrigued me Mm -hmm.
2: i think from an awareness perspective that they they specifically called out the long game there right they said you know this is how our children will will
1: think when they're drinking soda so yeah
3: it was i think it it was really well done yeah that
1: was smart of them because you know they are uh, um Planting a seed to change behavior in the future. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, along the same lines, the ad that, and it took me a second to understand what was going on in the ad. But at the end, I was like, that was good advertising. It was the
1: Jesus commercial on oh, washing feet. the feet. That's the hate or something or, oh, the, 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 the feet washing.
0: It yeah. was the feet yeah. washing. And, and the reason why I think it was an effective ad, one, I am, I am um, not a religious person at all. And, and of, of not a Christian faith. So, so maybe that's why it's a little slow on what is this ad, but (laughs) I found it really compelling because there was such diversity and and it was like, my husband was like, he's like, oh, and now it's a Muslim person. And it's now it's like, it looks like a a homeless person. And it is like, it, held our attention because we were like, what is going on with this ad? And then, it, you know, it has this powerful message at the end. Um, so regardless of, of belief system, from an advertising perspective, it told a story very, very well.
1: And thought I, that stood out. That's me. interesting. And it's, it's good to hear your perspective from a non-Christian view um, because I immediately knew what it was, but I was like, wow, they're doing this. Um, so that, that was interesting. And then where it took it and it wasn't just like your normal black and white, right? Like it's mm-hmm. this person, that, but it was all different types of people, ages, economic status, gender, the, um, sexuality, religion, mm-hmm. like it touched all of the different barriers that humans put between us, right? Because you're in that category. I'm in this category and all that stuff. And it kind of took that story in a very, very positive way. It was powerful.
3: I think they had those ads for the first time last year. And I think it was sort of the same reaction. And I would encourage folks to check, check them out because (laughs) the ad (laughs) the ad is just the just the the cover, I would say.
2: From the concept of like the awareness play, I thought that was interesting too. Like I wasn't clear on what the the CTA was or or kind of Mm -hmm. like what what are we advertising? Like I assume it's not Christianity broadly or or what organization that would necessarily be. But so it was interesting. I, I I agree. I think it was a really powerful imagery. But um maybe that's like the ultimate awareness play. It's like what 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 are we trying what to get this? done here yeah. with this ad?
3: Yeah. And I'm sure they they're trying to drive traffic to the website. And, yeah. you
2: know, I can't it, say that I know and, what,
3: and what and website it is or did you go or, to um, the website? No. Like I had no interest
0: in that, but I thought like that's a cool message. Like it's basically like you know, we help each other. Like I liked the, you know, the underlying feel goodness. <laughs> I wasn't gonna follow the the website. But you know, along the same lines, like sort of um reputational type ads. Temu. Oh yeah. yeah. I was now I remember and I think we're all probably of the ilk that we remember when Amazon became a thing and would run scribble ads. Like they don't they don't even ever say- They don't need to advertise. They do. They don't advertise in the Super Bowl. But I was like, wow, this company has bought so many ads during the Super Bowl. And anyone who uses junk on their mobile phone, like I do, whether it's games or social media or whatever, you get Temu ads all the time. And it's often a discussion in our house with our teenagers like, well, so and so ordered and it was the cheapest, you know, knockoff Lego set. Everything's knockoff. Everything is. Chinese, everything is cheap. But there's also like, I don't trust it. I'm not ordering, I'm not giving them credit card information. And there's all this underlying. And then they do this series of Super Bowl ads. So, like, what do you guys think? Did it make you? My husband literally said, he's like, well, that sort of validates them as a real company in my mind. Like, somehow now he's I trust shopping for them.
1: That's an interesting observation. And maybe that's all they were trying to do is debunk. Whatever resistance people had to trusting them in the first place, because it's too good to be true. Everything is junk. I agree with all that. I never bought a thing from them, nor will I. However, they dominated whatever remnant space mm-hmm. was in the Super Bowl because they kept running it over and over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I see it in, on social media. I don't. I don't play games, but I do see it all over social media. And I'm just like, uh. Oh. I'm so sick of it, um, but I I get it. I'm like, good for them because they were put. Um, you know how proximity is power. So like, who were you up against? They were against Oreo, Dunkin' Donuts, State. You know, like big legitimate brands that are spending good money. And I'm like, well, maybe the government from the from China is giving them money. Who knows where they got all the money to be able to advertise so much during the Super Bowl.
2: Hmm yeah I think that's an interesting. So I feel like that was I didn't find it very effective or was kind of confused at to like I'm not really even sure what story you're trying to tell here. There's uh, prices that's flashing. And I feel like outside of that, I know that it's typically a discount marketplace, but I wasn't like finding the products and then figuring out, oh, that's a cheap or an expensive price. Uh, and and then the the messaging of of shop like a billionaire, it really just I didn't really get like what is this product or like what are you trying to get me to understand? Um, but maybe it's literally that just put your brand name against, I guess, if you have enough money to buy three Super Bowl ads, you can't be that much of a a fly by night operation.
1: (laughs) Or you got, you got some sugar daddy behind you (laughs) to pay for it.
3: (laughs) Um, one of the other ones that I really thought was interesting and it was like sort of a, um, a brand that we all know but sort of like was a twist on um making you think again about how to how do you like putting it back into your consideration set perhaps in a slightly different way was the um I think it was it a was Hellman's mayonnaise ad and it was Kate McKinnon who <laughs> I ad- like I'll watch her all day yeah. long like she's amazing but also but I thought I was sort of like you know laughing along or whatever but then the tagline was like make taste not waste and it sort of got this um idea of like this is how you refresh leftovers and cool. kind of just this alternative or not alternative like just sort of a new way to think about like how you use mayonnaise I mean I think Mm -hmm. obviously we all know we cook and better make recipes but it's sort of like refreshed in your mind and I thought it was caught your attention and then had a pretty catchy tagline and made me think about it like huh okay I never thought about sort of like refreshing my leftovers with
0: that's a really good
3: um so that was and
0: and like like it, it
1: plays on that sustainability thing about like less waste um which is I think where people's Choices are going in from an environmental impact or yeah. you know, carbon footprint, all that stuff, but also just in like, okay, well, maybe you can revive something in your fridge. Yeah, so. but it, what 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 a smart thing to do to say like there are more uses to mayonnaise than you thought there were.
3: Yeah, yeah, just sort of like, I bet you never thought about it this way before, and it got like you know having that celebrity did catch my attention because it was a funny ad,
1: and and cats too. So
3: <laughs> I love the cats and and because i was like wanting to like
0: read taylor swift and everything and it just wasn't there no one did it um i was like oh the cat thing so shifting gears a little bit away from what we saw on broadcast tv there's all these ads that get put out on tiktok and in and instagram and, and and youtube and things around the Super Bowl and they tag themselves as Super Bowl ads and this and that. they're not ever they don't buy TV time but they are playing into the fact that like we well, here we are having a whole discussion around Super Bowl ads. And so one of the ads I got served up a couple days before the Super Bowl and I thought for sure it was going to be on broadcast TV because that's how well it was played, right? And it's gotten some press and Here's the thing. It's like, I couldn't tell you if it was for Cetaphil or Noxema or like some face, ca- like the brand didn't stay with me, but the ad was a whole story about dad and teenage daughter reconnecting through the fact that she was into Taylor Swift and, and kept paying attention when she would be shown on the TV and he was a Chiefs fan. They're wearing red shirts. Nothing says Chiefs. Nothing says 87. Nothing says Kelsey. Nothing says Swift. But the daughter gets a jersey handed to her, a number thirteen. Like it was completely a Taylor yeah. Swift ad, without yeah. it being, um, without it being overt. overt,
1: yeah,
0: overt, and also not not on the on the national broadcast.
1: I know that some of the Super Bowl ads obviously have been taking the long approach and teasing pieces of their ad. Leading up to the Super Bowl. So they are playing that where, hey, instead of doing one shot, we'll get 10 shots, 20 shots, 30 Mm -hmm. shots leading up to it and kind of leaking little pieces to it. So I know Dunkin' Donuts did that extremely Mm -hmm. well um, leading up to the full blown, you know, Showtime Super Bowl ad to get more bang, I think, for, for, for the investment. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like mm-hmm.
2: that where kind of almost like a multimedia approach. I think they mm-hmm. did that with um Sarah V with Michael Sarah too. They had some uh like fake paparazzi shots of him carrying uh Sarah V weeks before or leading up to it. I, That's I thought funny. that was kind of interesting. Probably as we talk about investment, probably the best approach that that different, you know, companies could take is that like Hey, we know we're investing this much in this one particular spot, but how do we get enough buzz both before and after? And I'm sure we'll be seeing you know that particular ad or or a lot of these kind of over and over and over again. Um, so trying to kind of expand that out and make make enough use
1: of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and monetize it a little bit more than just one shot. That's Sarah B had
3: was. I made a note that I thought it was like it was funny and it definitely caught my attention. But it was I'm so curious about this strategy. It just seemed like such a <laughs> disconnect between the sort of like story and the celebrity and like face cream. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but Jen, I know so you know,
0: brands that like can capitalize on Super Bowl stuff and not buy broadcast ads, like the local pizza company and pizza. Well, yes. they're not just local and pizza. So, because Jen actually introduced me to their marketing, she said you have to subscribe because it's so funny. So, they were they had this thing like if you would text them "rigged" hashtag rigged within one minute of Kelsey getting the ball, you get like so I we won pizza like all of us in my family won pizza. Oh. So that was brilliant. And then <laughs> um, after the Sarah V ad. Like they timed it after the Cerave ad, they sent out one of their email marketing pieces was saying like, like and now like something like hold hold on while we go buy some Cerave or something. I mean, like, I I couldn't even tell you like what the message was exactly, but the the playing like sort of and and I think for for all of us here, I I don't believe any of us are actually working with those brands who are buying. And putting in 30 million dollars into to an ad strategy for the Super Bowl, but we're working with clients who want to somehow get their unfair share of that exposure. And I think and pizza like figured out how to how to leverage what's happening in real time in the Super Bowl for building brand uh engagement and buzz, which I thought was really cool.
1: Do you Jennifer, guys know did, did anyone else do that? Well, to that point, Oreo. When, you know, we had that outage and they they immediately started firing text, uh, not text messages, um, Twitter messages years ago. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was one of the first times where we saw that it was the timing in like in real time responding or reacting to something that was happening in the game or something that was happening on TV. And I think since then, obviously, many, many brands have 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 done it as well. It's
2: interesting to yeah, note, very- too. That's kind of like one of the advantages one of these smaller brands can have that even if you're Oreo, I feel like there are a few brands that are doing that now doing much better with real time and even sometimes getting a little bit controversial with other brands and things like that. But you know, ultimately, you would think that for these very large brands, you can't really do that because there's so many change of chains of approval to to run everything through. So, um, yeah, a lot of the smaller brands that that we're typically working with, I feel like that's a great strategy. It's, you know, kind of glom on, work off of you know one of the the big cultural zeitgeist kind of commercials, and you know, see how you can make it your own and quickly.
0: One other ad we haven't talked about, but it made me laugh. And actually, like, so I had my list from the night of that I wrote down what made me laugh. I went back and watched a bunch of them. And this one made me laugh again. So it's a double whammy. The E-Trade ad with yeah. the pickleball babies. Jeez. Because it's it's the line that says, yeah, thanks for coming to our clinic. The first one's free. That's like the funniest just, part. Tra- trash talking like their opponents. I <laughs> that was hilarious
1: and they did, they did they didn't even say like you need to work on your trash talking because they weren't it's like oh we don't have to worry about it we got to eat trade and I thought that was uh that, that was clever in using pickleball the fastest growing sport right mm-hmm. um and then um using the multi-generation like you guys are oldies we're the young generation They're just kind of playing off of that
2: was that a refresh of the babies? Do I, I don't remember seeing that in you know years seeing the 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 babies tied to E-Trade. So it was kind of cool to see that coming back. I didn't
0: even know the that twist. was a prior prior. Uh, I didn't know it was a program. prior. I That's know awesome. they, there was I like know one I specific used babies, baby, but I don't remember. But each I'm remembering
2: baby. for like ten years ago or something. And then so I I don't know if they've done a little bit of it here and there or if this is like completely a, a kind of hearkening back to a to an older ad.
3: Yeah, I think they've been running some fairly recently where he's at a he's giving a toast at a wedding. He's like a baby, but he's like, like the dad. I don't. Or he's like he's like who's <laughs> single and ready to mingle, and it's like that little baby boy. It's just and he's like in a tuxedo or whatever. I mean, they are funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh and then Pringles had Chris Pratt as the Pringles guy, and I thought that was that made my husband chuckle, which is like a pretty high bar. So I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, that he, lo- don't you look like the Pringles guy?
0: Oh, post it. Or what did you say? <laughs>
1: After she took a, a picture
2: of
0: him. I'm not sure, but it, like, you, you, by the end of the commercial, you're like, yeah, he does look like the <laughs> Pringles guy. So
2: Another oh, one I funny. thought was interesting was the Reese's dropping the caramel cups. because It was kind of like that in between where it's the big brand just showing up because they can afford it and they're out there. Versus building awareness around a new product, I thought that was like really, really effective, and it didn't have any celebrities, which was great. Um, but yeah, and, kind and of. And way, did
1: that too. Is that the the dynamite one, the dinamita? Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious, but it was also uh-huh. culturally relevant to me <laughs> because I'm like, I know those people in my family. <laughs> the the two older women very powerful matriarchs and, um, just like, I, I, I know those aunties. I know those grandmas <laughs> that are just sharp as a whip. And they're like, you are not getting away with this. <laughs>
3: so,
1: um, they are fierce. Um,
3: I that's it was right. funny. the other one that was like, I feel like all over the place afterward, I've seen it several times. I've seen it as like a series as the, um, the Apartments.com ones with the guy from... Um, damn, the Fly. That's the only thing I can, I can <laughs> remember. Yeah. Um, it was curious. Like, I didn't... They were, like, slightly odd, but caught your attention. Definitely spoke to, like, sort of, like, what they value prop or whatever uh, they're offering, um, but still kind of kooky. And then I've seen the, so quite a few other um, iterations of the ad since, so... It's definitely, like, that's one of those brands that you're, like, may not have really heard of it or may not have been in your in your brain before. Um, I think of, like, GoDaddy a lot, like, years and years ago. I feel like they introduced yeah. themselves during mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. And I don't know if this might kind of follow suit where it sort of now everyone knows what GoDaddy is. And um, anyway, I thought that was, there was, just, like, an interesting placement and and tactic as well.
1: I didn't like their ads at all, but, uh, but they made it right. Like I remember it. I remember yeah. how uh, I, how I didn't connect with it. Are they related to the homes.com one? Do you know yes Yeah, that's the same? they are. Yeah, so the, all of those, I was yeah. just like, oh man. And they had a lot your, of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do your home work. I'm like, oh boy. You know, so it was just, um. I did not connect with it whatsoever, but I'm like, you did it. You, 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 you made a Super Bowl ad.
2: I do. I like the format of like multiple different spots, kind of telling different pieces of the story throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, though I'm curious to what extent, you know, as you're watching it in game, if you kind of pick up one and, you know, talking to somebody and miss the other one, if it kind of loses effectiveness by you kind of need all three pieces or all four pieces mm-hmm. to kind of get through the the full storyline.
3: Yeah, I think this would yeah. I mean if they're compelling enough. I mean, I think I mean I know I've been at Super Bowl parties where as soon as the action stop and they go to commercial, that's when everyone's like Shh, okay, okay, and starts <laughs> paying attention just because you want to see them. And I think if you can make that that series compelling enough, people will, will sort of wait for it and and watch. Um, I don't know if they they were so much like serial as much as just several different options. Um, but yeah, I kind of I'm with I'm with you that I didn't like love them, but they stuck in my mind because I noticed the presence, I guess. So bottom line it for me. Let's
0: go around. How was this year? Good, bad, boring, anything you missed or wished you'd seen?
1: I I had I think I had more that I liked than I didn't like. Now, I didn't love everything. I didn't agree with it. I'm not in their market, that kind of stuff, but from a marketer or from an advertiser or brand strategist perspective, I thought that they leaned on the tried and true formulas. They obviously leveraged celebrities. Um, they pulled on some nostalgia and heartstring stuff lightly. They stayed away from politics, even though this is an election year. Um, so mm-hmm. some of that stuff were a little bit more of a safe, tried and true play. They leaned heavy on humor. And for the most part, they landed on the right humor. I think for the most part, the crowd, at least in the room I was in, was laughing. And it was a multi-generational group of diverse backgrounds. And, you know, we were laughing. We were laughing out loud. And I think the feel-good commercials, they got it. They nailed it. Um, I think nerds did that um, fairly well. And, you know... Overall, I'd give this year a thumbs up on the Super Bowl ads. There were definitely some duds, and we've all uh, mentioned a few of those. There were definitely some that you're like, you just missed it, dude. <laughs> Who wrote that? Who signed off on that? But um, for me, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up for this year.
2: Great. Andy, what about you? Yeah, I think I largely agree with Maritza. I think I didn't necessarily see as many standouts as in previous years like, you know, I, I went back for preparing for this conversation, kind of rewatched a lot of them. And there's a lot that, it, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, I, I guess I saw that in real time and didn't really remember it or it didn't impact me at all. Um, but I didn't see a ton of duds either. Like, I think it was kind of a lot of safe plays, you know, like you said, kind of going back to um, humor, no giant swings, just a lot of humor and getting the celebrity in there for, you know, an OK ad. Jen,
3: what about you? Yeah, same. I mean, I thought... Overall, I was like, these are pretty good. I've definitely had years where I was like, man, I haven't seen too many that I love. Um, I missed, I missed some of the sort of like more like the heartstring stuff. Um, I think, I mean, I love a funny ad, but I, um, I think those always those those tend to stick with me. But overall, yeah, I think I like it was they were all enjoyable to watch, and there were a lot of them, um, like a lot of fresh content every time I went to commercial. So. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think you all summarized
0: it very well. I don't have anything of substance to add to that. It was it was better than than it, than some recent years. But I think I was um, maybe hoping for, expecting a little bit more in the in the social justice uh, political mm-hmm. space, especially this election season. Um, I, I I think my favorite Super Bowl ad of all times um, is for eighty four lumber. And I don't know who is the who who makes decisions for buying lumber, but that ad—it's years ago now—but it was powerful, and it was when immigration was all in uh, the, the forefront of political discourse. And they made they 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 put a stake in the ground and, ma- and took a position as a, as a brand. And I thought it was so powerful and um, such an opportunity, and it just. I feel like you didn't see any of that. We saw none of those sort of making statements and it was all just meant to be feel good kind of, um, lightheartedness and, uh, you know, which is great. I mean, it was entertaining for sure. So, uh, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't quite the, juiciness that maybe it could have been
3: <laughs> so, i know the year we <laughs> have controversial had kind of stuff that's yeah. right maybe that's what it is the pity. <laughs> <laughs> it's the calm before yeah. the storm
0: <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> yes yes that's true i'm sure we have a lot of political discourse coming and and so we'll have to you know convene this group again you know maybe when when it is political ad season and we can you know <laughs> put on our uh, monday morning quarterback uh hats for for ads from a different context but okay so this is like a ps Maritza you say why yes
1: so we have an honorable mention of Google Pixel 8 ad what when we said there were a lot of the nostalgia or the pulling at the heartstrings missing they got that one i think they they nailed it and they followed the story of this couple from when they met to when they um, had a baby and their family and all that stuff. And how many of us hate blurry pictures of something super important that happened that we were able to capture it. I think they did a great job of bringing into focus the blurry and it was just like you were right behind the camera. They did an excellent job of that ad.
3: Also, let me ask, because I thought that was a really great ad too. And I thought it really demonstrated the value of the product. But I was thinking that it was sort of an, an assisted sort of thing for people who couldn't. Me too yeah so you had visual impairment so and i thought about a f-
1: a, a few yeah. friends of ours who are who are legally blind and i said this would be amazing and in our conversation somebody said this would be perfect for somebody who is yeah. visually impaired
3: yeah that's what i took from it and i just like loved the like the whole like sort of value prop of like telling like there's two people here like two faces two faces and then to finish up with the three was like such a beautiful way to mm-hmm. kind of just bring that whole thing around yeah,
0: that was really well one. done. I I agree, and I I wrote it down. It was like it was the thing I wrote down on second page, which is why I missed it earlier. It was so late in the game. It was it was literally the last one I wrote down. It was so late in the broadcast of the Super Bowl, and I and I agree. It was like the the storytelling, the the humanity, but the assisted device nature of it, and. I was just having a conversation with another marketer friend who is really focused on um, accessibility and building websites for visual impairment. Like it's it's, you know, on trend in the sense of technology is now catching up and, you know, making things from an equity perspective more accessible to everybody in the community. So it sort of fits into this. I'm hearing it in multiple places, but to see a phone kind of get it right. And Maritza, like you, I have a my father-in-law is visually impaired. Like this would be fantastic. So good good for Google for, for that. Uh, focusing on that, and reminding Kim. us.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for introducing your name to us, Google. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> we don't see you 75 ways in our day. <laughs> Well, thanks for pointing out that we missed that one so that we can capture this last But And now for real, let's all say our goodbyes and (laughs) I'll stop recording (laughs) or we'll talk for another hour. (laughs) I want to thank you, um, each of you, for being here. This is a lot of fun and apologies for the technical difficulties. We were supposed to have this going live on Facebook um, so that we can get some more engagement from folks in terms of what their ads were. But it's okay. It's it's all happened in the past anyway. So this will just get posted after the fact. But thank you for being here and for giving us this, this time. Hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your Valentine's week. Yes.
3: Thank awesome.
0: you. Thanks Thanks for listening to The M Word. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Subscribe and never miss a podcast. Visit ArlingtonStrategy.com for more. The M Word is an Arlington Strategy production hosted by Jennifer Molchendana. Our theme music is by Moochie. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan and Emily Rare. Sound engineering and editing by Winston Turner.